God, we love you. And as we've been singing, and as we've been experiencing through giving in many different ways, we have opportunities to share and show our love for you in response to your goodness. And so God, I am so excited to see what God is doing in the life of our church, to see uh, the, the ways that you are using the people here as your hands and feet to bless our community. And we're seeing people connect and begin to belong to a family. And that we're seeing each other uh, as we step in faith and take those steps of faith, not just uh, in community, but also spiritually, that we're seeing people become like Jesus, like your son. And that is so exciting to see. So Father, I pray that you continue, uh, continue opening those doors that we can step in faith. Help us see the opportunities, provide those opportunities that we can lean in and be your light in your life, in your hands, in your feet to a world that desperately needs the light. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. There we go. That's better. That's better. Uh, good morning. It's good to uh, it's good to see you today. Uh, my name is Steve Cunningham. I get the privilege of being the lead pastor here at Wellhouse, and I'll tell you that is uh, that is a privilege. I get to work with so many people who uh, week in and week out do so many uh, amazing things and serving and loving so well. I was just reminded of that this morning. Uh, as we were setting up, and, and we have volunteers who come in to our kids' classes early, and they're just really excited uh, to teach our kids about Jesus and, and, and to help them understand who God is and, and how God works through us uh, to love other people and serve them well. And, and that's a wonderful thing, it's a, to be able to see people week in and week out show up early to to help set up chairs or those things. It's, it's always just a, an amazing thing. It's an amazing opportunity. We're wrapping up this series today uh, called Who Am I? And, and really the, uh, the whole idea of it was that you and I are leaving a legacy behind every day. Every day that we're alive, we're, we're leaving. It's, it's another day leaving a legacy behind for us, and so we've been walking through that, and and uh, and if you haven't been a part of those messages, I'd encourage you, you can go online, uh, our YouTube channel or Facebook, and you can walk through uh, those. I think it's been a powerful time. It's been a powerful reminder for me, at the very least, of of what those things uh, matter. But I won't recap everything for you, but I do want to recap last week because uh, I think it's so important. Uh, for today. It's a building block for today. And, and last week, we really talked about this idea uh, of, of growing up uh, in, in our faith that sometimes, and remember if you were here last week, we had the high chair out, the baby food. And I can't tell you how many emails I've had this week and like, what happened to the butternut squash? And I don't know why you're so concerned with that. Like, I, <laughs> do you want it? I mean, like, I'll give it to you. No. Um, but the, the whole idea is that healthy things grow. 
Healthy things grow, right? So it's, it's okay to put like a, 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 you know, a one-year-old in a high chair. It's okay to put a two-year-old in a high chair, you know, but you can't put a 25-year-old in a high chair and that be normal, right? Because healthy things grow. And at a certain point in our faith walk with God that we have to go from being the people who say like, feed me, feed me, you know, uh, I'm going to show up and you just feed me and entertain me and, and give me what I need. And then you never take a step out of that. And the writer of Hebrews is really clear. He says, you know, by this time, you ought to be teaching people, but here you are, you still need milk like an infant. And so we encouraged one another last week to, to grow in our faith. And, and kind of the key point last week was that the deepest part of my faith, the deepest part of your faith, won't come through what you know. We know Tons of stuff, right? I mean, how many of you kind of already know that you should like exercise for 30 minutes several times a week? How many of you already know that, right? But how many of us do what we know, right? We kind of already know that you shouldn't like frequent the, the fast food joints, right? We know that, but how many of us do what we know? See, the deepest part of my faith won't come through what I know. It's going to come through what I actually apply. That's the whole story. That's whole, Jesus' whole story. Do you remember how he ends this Sermon on the Mount, if you're familiar uh, with the Gospels and Matthew's account of Jesus as, as he, he delivers this sermon, everybody gathers around to listen to him, and he tells us all these amazing things, and he ends it with a, with a story, with a parable, and he says there are two builders. One right? The, the, he, he builds his house on the sand. The winds come, blow, and beat against that house, and, and it falls flat. But the other one, the winds come, blow, and beat against that house, and it stands firm. And really what he says is that they both, they both heard the same things, but one of them applied it. And so we want to be people who apply what we know. Uh, the reason why I have Leanne up here today, which, by the way, uh, thank you for saying yes. In case I haven't said that, You're thank welcome. you. You're um, is that uh, several months ago, I talked with our shepherds here at Wellhouse, and, and I just said, listen, uh, I feel like God has put on my heart um, that one of the areas in 2023 that I really want us as a group of people who are shepherding Wellhouse and, uh, and leading the direction of our spiritual care here is to emphasize relationship and discipleship. Relationship and discipleship. That we grow together and that we push each other to grow closer with Christ. And so my ears have just been open to how to do that best. And I appreciate our shepherds as, as they allow me to bounce those things off of them. And, uh, and I don't know, a month or so ago, uh, Leanne says, hey, can we have, can we have lunch? And, and she shares this idea with me. And, and I said, man, let me think about that. And about a week later, I said, I love this. And I would, I would really love for you to talk about that with me um, to, our, to our group. So that's why Leanne is here today. Um, and I just I want to begin with kind of where things have been here for Wellhouse because you you were um, yeah you were here from the start really yeah and Leanne told me she's more comfortable sitting down well no I'm more comfortable so, walking around but I, then yeah 
You but can't do that too. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. And so we would be chasing each other yes, up here. And exactly. That would be that would be it. So if, if you want me to stay put, you better put me somewhere. And, and okay. so we yeah, and so I'm going <laughs> to yeah. try this sitting down today, which is yeah. not. Yeah, we'll see how this goes. Okay, I'll, I'll hopefully love it. not fall off. So <laughs> we're good. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. I mean, we have seen at Wellhouse from the get go, God has done amazing things. He immediately gave us opportunities where we could be what we termed wildly generous in our community. It was amazing. Uh, we adopted language and we really tried to live out. If y'all remember the ones that, that started, that we are the church, that we don't go to church, but that we are the church as we go. Uh, we recognize the fact that we are imperfect people, but we're loved by and serve a perfect God. And our goal is to make sure that we lead people into a life fully devoted to Jesus. And all of these are beautiful things, beautiful foundations that we have built on over the time. But you know, a lot's happened in eight years. A lot's happened. Life experiences, relationships have reshaped Wellhouse in a lot of ways, in a whole lot of ways. We're in a, <clears throat> a different place now. You're here. Thank you. We love you and V, don't we? They are just precious. I'm thankful for them. <clears throat> Y'all didn't realize that I was the second best speaker in our house until today, right? Yeah. So now you, now you know. Now you know. Yeah. Uh, but what we know and, and what we've done from the get-go, we continue to ask for God's direction. And you're talking about sort of a resetting, you know, looking at, at going forward what we do. Well, we want to think about not what we were, what Wellhouse was, but moving on to what God is calling us to now. And I know everybody has that heart. I know they do. Um, I recently attended a funeral for my mentor. Her name was Mary B. Williams. Uh, she was 98 years old when she died. An amazing woman. I'm telling you, uh, that funeral was packed with people of every age. She had an incredible life. She was the first person in Nashville to do live commercials on live TV. Can you imagine how, how that went? She, in her mid-90s, she wrote her memoirs, and she did the whole circuit of speaking and sign, doing book signings. Her body just gave out. Her mind was amazing. And everybody, when I tell you how magnetic she was, everybody loved her, every age. She, uh, her daughter told a story at her funeral. She said when she was a cheerleader at Good Pasture that um, she uh, and some friends bought some tickets to go see Michael Jackson. And so when it came time to go, they had cheer camp, and she couldn't go uh, to the concert. She was very upset about that, but she couldn't miss cheer camp. So instead of getting another friend to go, her friend said, no, we want your mom to go with us. <laughs> and so when he, so Mary called her later. She said, honey, that little boy can move. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that, she just was amazing. But I'll tell you something. She was a, a devout Christian woman, but she had, she had five children, and she had great heartache. She lost two boys, one to suicide and one to cancer. And that just about did her in. But I remember her saying, I'm going to wake up every morning and I'm going to choose joy. And so at her funeral on that little program, at the top was her little mantra that, that she lived by. That I don't know, the author is unknown of the, 
uh, but it says, don't be afraid to sit on the front row of your life. Don't be afraid to sit on the front row of your life. And she did. She absolutely did and encouraged everybody else to. But I'd like to take it another step this morning in, in light of what we're talking about is that we don't be afraid to sit on the front row of our life in Christ. So don't be afraid to sit on the front row of your life in Christ. And I think, I think uh, in that statement, there's, there's a couple of things that jump out to me. Uh, and the first one is, don't be afraid. Um, and that word afraid, I don't know. Um, there's probably something we, we don't like to say we're afraid of a whole lot, right? I mean, that's this, especially as, as a guy, maybe, maybe it's different as a lady, but I think for guys, we don't like to admit when we're afraid of things, but, but there are things we are afraid of. And when it comes to, I think, today we're going to be talking a little bit about our spiritual gifts and saying, okay, if, if God calls us out of, uh, out of a high chair and to actually do something, well then what does that imply for me? What, what, what happens with that? And all of a sudden kind of the fears start moving in our direction. And I think there's a couple of places uh, in our lives where that fear takes root in in our spiritual growth, if I'm being honest. And as I kind of look at it, and you could probably fill in your own gaps, but these are these are areas that when I looked at my own spiritual walk and the times where I felt like God was calling me to take, you know, kind of a front row seat to to my own spiritual walk, here's some hurdles that that I had to overcome. The first one was just being uncomfortable. I was afraid of being uncomfortable. Because uh, I already, it was, was kind of like the, the old saying, it's uh, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't, right? And so I knew that I wasn't necessarily doing all the things that God had wanted me to do, but at least I was comfortable there. And so it seemed so uncomfortable to, to do something outside of the norm of what I was already used to and what I was comfortable with and the time commitments that I was already comfortable with and, and the stretching that I was already comfortable with, the relationships that I was already comfortable with. And so that became a fear for me. Um, and then, then adding that to this, which is the fear of the unknown. Uh, where is this ultimately going to lead? Like, how many of you have ever, you know, is like uh, maybe here at Wellhouse or a completely different church? And they're like, hey, we need children volunteer. And you're like, yeah, how long is that for? Because <laughs> we all have that fear of like, if I say yes today in 25 years, am I still the same person who's doing that, you know? And, or whatever other ministry, like what's involved? What time mm -hmm. commitment is involved? And, and there's all this unknown. What if ha things happen that I don't know or understand or can't, uh, can't, can't fully give an answer to? And so I've been there before. I think being um, unsure has a, has a fear. Mm -hmm. uh, just not knowing the right path. It's kind of like uh, I heard before somebody talk about analysis paralysis. Have you heard that before? It's like you have all this information you know, but you're like, I don't know exactly the right thing to do, so I'm just going to sit and wait. And maybe something will happen in the waiting that will help, but it never does, right? And so you you're just keep hoping that a choice will be made because you're just unsure of the direction to go instead of really choosing something. And then I think also about the fear of being unqualified, Absolutely. I think, Leanne, uh, we have mentioned this before, but 
I remember going through a point in my life, for those of you who know me, this is no shock for those of you who don't, that's, that's okay, it might be a shock to you, but I went through, my wife, uh, my wife was a widow when, when we, uh, when we met and not met, but married and, um, and I was divorced and I remember thinking, how unqualified am I to be a minister? Wow. How unqualified am I to be a pastor? I mean, who, who has that right? You, you should have, you should be able to have all your ducks in a row, right? Mm -hmm. And I certainly don't. I, I, I have things from my past that maybe look a whole lot like yours. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a part of our story, my story, your story, where we feel like we're unqualified for what maybe God is calling us to do. And that can be terrifying. Mm -hmm. You know, what is it about the front row? <laughs> you know, look. <laughs> you know, we do that, don't we? You know, wouldn't it maybe be easier if we talk about going to the front row, we all come together. We all walk to the front row together and get up there. Maybe that would be easier for us. Maybe we need to just start asking the question then, God, where are you calling me to the front row? God, where are you calling me to the front row? Uh, and God, like you said, do I, me, you know, do I have anything to offer? Come on now, you know, you know me, Lord. Do I really have anything to offer? Well, like Steve said, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts this morning. And this is a deep, broad subject. And we're going to look at it with a telescope, with broad strokes, and Brother Steve's going to do a lesson on this one day. Yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> we'll you, wait for him. Yeah. Um, spiritual gifts are supernatural gifts that are given by the Holy Spirit to everyone in the body of Christ to accomplish God's purposes. I wanted to read that to make sure I got that out right. And they're used to, be, uh, to serve and build up the church. Now, there are many gifts. And we could... We could go and look at several passages and make a, a big, long list of these gifts. But I just want to tell you, he's already mentioned some. There's some that are very visible. You saw people up here today singing. Now, do all of you have that gift? <laughs> so, some people think they have that gift. <laughs> some people really want to have that gift, but some people do have that gift. And then you entrusted your littles to teachers back there that have a gift to impart the word to little children and, and middle school children in a way that, that some people don't have. Um, you think about gifts of uh, people who, who have the gift of helps or administration. <clears throat> when you got here this morning, all this was set up. How do you think that happens? Why do you think people do that? Come on Saturday night and set up and get all this ready. There's sound, there's light, there's, there's slides, there's all this stuff going on. There's a, a table set up right back here for Encouragement Ministries. And y'all couldn't have done that on a better Sunday. Thank you for that, that show and tell back there. But uh, there's a gift of encouragement. Hello, thank you very much. And so, if you know, if you think about all the gifts that there are, I want you to think about it as a huge puzzle. Now, I know you've all heard the the whole uh, analogy of saying, oh, the puzzle is not going to be complete unless my piece is in there and all that stuff. And, and you think, if I'm going to be a piece of the puzzle, I want you to think about it right now. How big would your piece be? How big would your piece of puzzle be? Yeah, little teeny tiny is what you're all thinking. Uh-uh. You would be very surprised 
Some of you would bring puzzle pieces that would be half of the board maybe because you've had experiences in life. You've had time with God. You've had crushings. You've had testings. You have walked through fire in places that none of us have. And you bring something to the table, a depth of a relationship in your faith walk that we don't have. But the point is, no matter what the size is, all are vital to the health of the body. So I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians 12. We're just going to look at a short passage this morning, just enough to whet your appetite about all this. If you haven't studied or gotten into this, I just want to show you this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. I'll start there. It's now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters. I do not want you to be uninformed. Okay, Paul is writing this. He's saying, let me tell you about these gifts. Look down in verse 4. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in every one. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Let me repeat that last sentence and let it sink in just a little bit. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And in 1 Corinthians 12, if you skip over to verse 18, there's a reason why it's the common good. It says this, verse 18, but as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. He chose it. He chose the gift and he chose the placement. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye can't say the hand, I have no need of you. Not again to the head of the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And those, uh, 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 and those parts of the body that we think are less honorable, we dispose, uh, dis- sorry, bestow the greater gifts of honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If you have a highlighter, underline, put that down. We're going to come back to that in just a moment. Same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. It's funny, this week I have a, a little sore. I don't know if you can see it. It's pretty tiny. Oh, you guys would never see it. But mm-hmm. it's small. <laughs> it's super small, right? But, man, that sucker has hurt all week. Like, And it's amazing how just something, you ever had that before, like a little paper cut, and it's like it's like your whole body is on alert, right? And and you are really aware of that. And, and what's interesting about this is that we're called to be a body that God created me and you in that way to serve as a part of the body. That's what he chose. And what he wants us to do in that body is to look out and care for one another. So then when we're hurting, it, it, when I'm hurting, it affects you. When you're hurting, it affects me. When you are rejoicing. I get to rejoice alongside of you. 
And in this resetting, as we kind of look at all right, who am I? Who are we as Wellhouse Church? What we want to do in this resetting process as we look at, all right, uh, we really want to focus on relationships and discipleship, then we want to do a better job of caring for each other and truly becoming a family. See, it's not something we want to just say as a mission statement, belong to family. We want to belong to family. It's important to us. And what we have found is that when you care for something, it thrives, right? Uh, I learned this a long time ago at an unfortunate event. Uh, I had a family who I'd known for a long time. Their, their dad was a shepherd at a church where I worked. And uh, he had passed away. And so at his funeral, the daughter had acquired all of the, the different you know, plants that they give you, Right. Uh, and I hope that doesn't happen when my parents pass away because I'm not a plant guy. Um, but they, had, they were moving. And so they asked me to care for like 12 plants for just a couple of weeks. And I was like, oh boy. And, and my office had a huge window that sunlight would come in. And so I was like, okay, if I just put them up there, that's, nothing should happen. But I was really worried because I know my history. And so I went out and I bought miracle grow for each of these and I thought I'll put it in the water and sprinkle on the plants and I won't have to do anything else and I put it on there and literally came back the next morning and all of them not only were died they were so shriveled up there was nothing left and this is a true story it's, it's exactly what happened in a 24-hour period and I'm like how? how how did I do that so quickly that's the quickest I've ever done that you know like how'd that happen and um and so my secretary was like, what'd you put on those? And uh, I was like, it's, it was in the trash. So I pulled it out. She was like, oh, that's concentrate. You know, like you put the whole bottle, <laughs> right? And it was only supposed to be like a teaspoon. And you gave, you, you gave them enough feeding for like three years in one setting, right? <laughs> and I say that to say this, that <laughs> the way you care for something matters. See, you don't thrive if you're not cared for. Without care, your body will not thrive. And without care, this body will not thrive. And that's why we want to reset. Because the same is true that we know that applies to plants, it applies to our personal body, it applies to us. And that's why we're not just asking something from you, we're asking something for you. Because we believe it is the best when God designed you for something specific that you use that thing. Because he created you to use it. That's why we want to be intentional and we want you to be intentional too. And so we have a few things that we feel like, all right, knowing those things, what do we do? Because we, we believe that God is calling us to, to do something. Absolutely. You know, we just read those scriptures. Obviously, Paul's urging us to take our place in the body. There is a place for us in the body, all of us. So we're asking you to do something. And, and you alluded to what I came and talked to you about and God placed on my heart uh, is the word care and that we are a team. And so this is everybody. It's not just a ministry. It's not just a 
um, group of people that are going to carry this on. This is all of us. We're all going to be on the care team. Who's on the care team? Raise your hand. Everybody's on the care team. Thank you. So you get you get that part. We don't. I didn't want to just say, okay, let's come in and start this. It's something to support everything that's already existing, or it may be that God is going to do something new through all of this stuff. So before we even begin with this, and in, in you know, hopefully this morning, uh, some things are going through your mind and your heart already. Some things are God's already planted on your heart. And I want you to start praying very intentionally about that. I want you to ask God specifically to show you uh, what it is, how it is, uh, what does he want me to do to take my place in the body? And to ask that question, where is he calling me to the front seat? Now, again, don't, you know, don't think that you're going to have to head up something or whatever. Some ministries just need support. Some just need help. Some need leadership, and, and you will be gifted for all of that stuff. So pray about it. And number two, you've got to be open. You know, you pray about something, you get the answer. Well, you got to do it. You know, James talks about that. You can read the word, but you got to do it for your faith to be in action. And that's what we're talking about is all of us doing what God called us to do at Wellhouse Church. Be open to it. I want to tell you something. I'm old, and in my life, if I can tell you one thing, the things that God has brought to me have always been a surprise. Been, some of them have been a surprise. I grew up in the Church of Christ and ended up teaching dance. That's all I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> so I, that, that was a surprise for me. So don't, be open to what God is saying. You know, uh, make sure that you are hearing him. Don't be resistant. And I want to tell you something, even if you're scared, even if you're scared, make those steps toward it. Be open to that. So pray, be open. Yes. And then the other thing I'd say is uh, to, to, to be aware um, where your eyes are opened at. Because here's the, here's the amazing thing about, this is what I love about small groups or what I love about uh, when you get together and share with somebody, they'll have a different perspective, a, a new way of seeing things. That you're like, how come I never saw it like that before? How come I, I didn't have that insight into that particular thing? And it's because God opens your eyes to things that he doesn't always open my eyes to. And so the question is, where is God opening your eyes to? You may look around and say, you know, um, I see a, a great need for people who are grieving. And I wonder if there's a way that we could be more like a family when we grieve. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder if there's something we could do tangibly. Or, you know, when somebody has a baby, I wonder if there's something that we could do for them. And maybe God's just opening your eyes to that. Or you think to yourself, you know, I wonder what it would look like if we just, if we had like a, a coffee and, uh, and, and, and Bible study every Friday. I wonder, and maybe that's God opening up your eyes to something that he's placed in your heart that nobody else's eyes are open to. And so he's calling you to say, you know what, that's a great way to care for the family. See, where your eyes are opened, uh, that's, that's exactly where God might be calling you to go. And we see that there's kind of different ways that, that the care team could, could operate, where God might be calling you uh, to serve. Some of those might be in unexpected opportunities. 
Maybe it's through somebody's lost their job. Their finances are rough. They've lost a loved one. They're going through some kind of immediate situation. Their, their house burned down or their family's imploding or they're going through a, a difficult thing that was kind of completely out of nowhere. And then here they are. And so we have a group of people who are aware of those things and who are caring for those things. But that's just one way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are unexpected things, but there are expected things. There are already some things in place that you may not even know about that do need support. Uh, things like uh, we do a diaper day. We shower expected families with diapers. That, that's a big help for them. There's an Easter egg coming up soon. We need help for that for sure. Let me tell you about door greeters. You know, we, uh, there are people, I love Jason Billingsley's outside and, and so many others that come out there. I love it that Butch is out there. I love that. And in here, it would be great when, the, when people come in, if you see them, they're new or newer to Wellhouse Church, introduce yourself. Take them around. Introduce them. Get their kids checked in at, at kids. Take them to get some coffee. Bring them, help them find a seat, not on the back row, and help them, <laughs> help them to get connected. And so you always speak to them and look for them. That connection is amazing. You'll find when people... When they see your face, it's like, ah, I know them. I see their face. Uh, we also have uh, Wellhouse 101 that's coming up. We just talked about that. Somebody needs to get the food there. Somebody needs to help in, who has the gift of administration, just get the, into, uh, the information into the database. Uh, there's all kinds of things there uh, that could help. Uh, we also need... And I, I just think this would be great if we had somebody who was the event planner, that that person just took this ministry on and that we all came along and supported that ministry. Uh, someone who uh, has the gift of administration. We have a newsletter that goes out. We want to make sure to keep everything up to date so everybody gets information, all of those kinds of things. Um, and... Uh, that list could go on and on. I could be here forever. But I hope right now, I hope the wheels are turning. I hope your heart's beating. I hope that you're thinking about these things as, as just as we've been mentioning. It's like, oh, well, what if? Well, what if? Well, what if? Well, dream big. Think about that big. I love it. Um, so here's what you need to do if there's something on your heart or something that God's giving you. Uh, we wanted to give you a way, a contact to do that. So here's what you need to do to contact us. Yep. Reach out. Um, you Feel free to reach out to me. Uh, we put my email on there as well as Leanne's because uh, Leanne has graciously uh, said, you know, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone and help out in this way to try to organize those things. And, uh, and here's, the, here's the wonderful news. You know, we look back at January 2022. And, um, and we have grown since then uh, by numerically by over 22%. Um, and in our giving, over by 25%, which is amazing. And that's, that's, uh, that's, through, that's through God. But, but we want to not just grow numerically. Uh, we want to grow in some things that you just feel. You know, uh, 
when, when you gather around people that you know love and care about you and are concerned for you genuinely, that's what we want to grow in. And so if you feel like, all right, praying and, and I'm going to be open and my eyes are, are open to this possibility and you see an area, maybe you already see it and you've just been waiting for the opportunity, like, how do I do this? Whatever it is, uh, then reach out, let us know. And you don't have to reach out through email. You can call me, text me, let's do coffee. I'm always down for that. Leanne is too. We would, we would love that. Every week, um, I get to uh, bless you with, um, with a blessing. It's meaningful to me because uh, I wrote it for you. Uh, my sabbatical this past year was time wondering what it would look like to speak something over this group of people that would remind them of who they are and who God is. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and give you peace. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and present you before his glorious presence without fault and with tremendous joy, May you be swept away in God's love for you and transformed through the Holy Spirit's power within you. Thanks be to the only God, our Savior, who's unparalleled and unchanging, who is merciful and and matchless, who is supreme and sufficient, who is before all things and through all things and in all things both now and forever. Amen.